Songs in the Key of, a podcast about songs. These might be old songs, new songs or middle-aged songs, anything that takes my fancy really. Sometimes these shows will be themed around an idea, a person, a genre or some other concept. Other times they will simply reflect my latest obsessions, my new favourite bands, those songs I can't get out of my head. So let's get on with it. In a slightly strange turn of events, let's start off with a tune we heard in the last episode of Songs in the Key of. Songs in the Key of, not songs, in which I featured a tune by a wonderfully eccentric composer who wandered the streets of New York in a Viking helmet and went by the name of Moondog. But all that eccentricity was only half, if that, of the story. Moondog's music is spellbinding and mesmerising, innovative in the truest sense of the word, experimenting with time signatures and melody in a way that makes him entirely unique. Bird's Lament was the piece of music I selected as a sample of his work and, as you'll have heard, it's ruddy magnificent. Of course, I'm not actually going to play you exactly the same piece just one episode later, that would be a little bit silly. What I am going to play you is a version of it I came across while preparing last time's show. In 2018, pianist Katia Labeck and the trio that make up Triple Sun, David Chalmin, Massimo Pupilo and Raphael Sacchinier, got together to recreate a collection of Moondog's music on an album named after the composer. It's a mix of modern classical minimalism with proggy influences and a heavy dose of electronica. So obviously, I was always going to love it. Their take on Bird's Lament opens with the sombre sound of a low thud on a drum before layers of piano and guitar are added each hinting at little nuggets of the original melody until the whole tune emerges. Even when the searing sound of the distorted guitar comes in at 3 minutes 16, there remains something of a funereal feel to the piece. It sounds like it's soundtracking some moment of a storm having been weathered, strength being found in pain, an enemy vanquished at great personal expense. To me, at least, it's the sound of someone who has been through the mill and come out alive, head held high. It's rich and powerful and beautiful and of course an utter, utter delight.
decided I should never buy Mojo magazine ever again. It's proving to be far too expensive an activity. Not only is the magazine itself something like six quid these days, it's kind of almost inevitable there'll be a whole bunch of albums that will demand to be bought in the review section. Thanks to a recent edition, I became aware that there would rather inevitably be a dent in my bank account roughly the size of Hannah Peel and Para Orchestra, as discussed in the lyricless tune-themed episode of Songs in the Key of last time around, together with Midlake, more on them later, and Calexico. I've been a big fan of Calexico ever since I saw them at Reading Festival back in 2000. Their new album, El Mirador, is now out and it's rather wonderful. In particular, the opening title track, which oozes drama, mystery and something magically exotic. Right from the beginning, with those blasting trumpets fanfaring the arrival of someone fabulously super heroic, then into shuffling percussion and the sinister violins implying something faintly terrifying, El Mirador, the song, has absolutely everything you could want out of a song. Melodically, it's almost what the special's ghost town might have sounded like if they'd been singing about a Mayan settlement instead of Coventry. Even when translated from Spanish into English, the lyrics make little sense, but that makes no odds. The Latino rhythms, the backing show tune vocals, and all the dusty sounds of Central America make El Mirador pulsate with absolute magnificence. had been put out by the Welsh label Kai Gwyn Records. Well, now Kai Gwyn Records have gone and released another EP by someone else on their roster, The Mighty Observer, with their collection of tunes titled Under the Open Sky. 
It's a stylistically varied release, varying from the chilled out electronica of opening track Talk Amongst Yourselves via the shuffling guitar pop bounce of Again to the hypnotic ethereal charms of 111, a kind of lava lamp in musical form. But the tune I'm going to actually play for you is Low Level Panic, which is surely in the running for winning the title of most inappropriately named tune of all time. It's a rather wonderful tune, opening with grainy noises and detuned radios and ostinato patterns on the guitar, before opening out into a soothing instrumental, complete with distant birdsong that recalls something of Lemon Jelly's Staunton lick. It is the sound of a trip to the seaside, waves gently lapping at your ankles as the warm sun reaches down to you from high up in the sky and fills you with serenity. sensible. Like I said, it wasn't just Calexico whose review prompted a purchase last month. Midlake's fifth album quite obviously also caught my attention in the back pages of one of the few music periodicals left on the newsstands. For the sake of Bethel Woods is quite frankly gorgeous, as you might expect an album by Midlake to be. I mean, there is one glaring exception in which the band sound like they've been getting a little too carried away with their rhyming dictionary. Meanwhile, has the following gobbit of McGonagallese. Listen to me closely here, my dear, for I do fear that the end is near. All the little things that brought us here, were they insincere, filled with crocodile tears, oh dear. Oh dear, indeed. But for the most part, for the sake of Bethel Woods, is a wonderful piece of folk rock, 
the kind of thing you can only assume was conceived, born and then raised in a log cabin in the woods a million miles from any form of civilization. This is the way Midlake albums are and forever should be. The kind of title track Bethel Woods is the obvious star of the show. It comes at a brisker pace than most Midlake songs. There's no lingering, no dawdling here. Those relentless drums very much at the forefront of the song make certain of that. But the song does make much of a craving to be able to linger and dawdle. I could get rid of it all for the sake of the Bethel Woods, to a time and a place where peacefulness once stood. Bethel Woods is most famous for being the location of the 1969 Woodstock Festival, and it's the hippie, trippy vibe of that event that they're trying to capture here. Quite how peaceful it was, well, that's a moot point. For the time being, let's kick back and enjoy the swirling pianos, the driving drums, and the hushed vocals yearning for a simpler time. I could get rid of it all for the sake of the Bethel Woods To a time and a place where peacefulness once stood Gather the women and children Leave our homes and our buildings I've been ready for years now Planting my seeds in the ground With no more time now my Instagram, Twitter and Facebook feeds have been filled with talk of a band by the name of The Shop Window. So I thought it was about time I got round to investigate them and I might as well bring you along for the ride as well while we're at it. Here for your delectation and delight and general amusement is Lay of the Land which pulls us back to approximately 1992 with a nice trippy shoegazish bit of indie pop. Think Ride, hanging out with Leisure Era Blur. The lyrics are suitably spaced out too. A load of glorious psychedelic nonsense you could imagine coming from anyone from Sid Barrett onwards.
tweet back. I got a tweet from someone going by the name of Super Frog Saves Tokyo, who claimed he knew me from 20 years ago. Fairly confident I have never in all my life ever met anyone called Super Frog Saves Tokyo. I looked him up and discovered his name is actually, rather more prosaically, David Harrison, which was a name I did recognise because he had once been in a band from Gloucestershire called the Vintage Chimps that I thought was rather marvellous. The Vintage Chimps, named after a curious mishearing in a music shop where the shopkeeper had misheard an inquiry about whether he stocked any vintage synths, were in fact one of the first bands I ever reviewed, so it was rather lovely to make that connection again. David Harrison is no longer a vintage chimp, but he's not abandoned the animal kingdom altogether, taking that Super Frog Saves Tokyo nom de plume from the title of a short story by Haruki Murakami from his After the Quake anthology of interconnected tales about life in the aftermath of an earthquake. As a super frog, Mr. Harrison has just put out Straw Man, an album of supercharged electronica full of pounding beats and weird and wonderful sounds. Take Black Mountain, for example, which absolutely demands you turn the volume up till all the windows in your home shake. That glitchy bass, the sound of what seems like the noise of the 520 from Swindon coming into Platform 1, and the throbbing beat that sounds like it's coming through the wall from next door, along with all the swirling, ethereal, synthetic magnificence higher up the register. It's trance at its majestical finest, and I absolutely love it. Walter Martin's song, The Bear, is a beautiful beast. It's an unwinding tune, a kind of stream of consciousness thing that starts off with an observation about a blind bear looking for her children 
and meanders off into thoughts about the past, girlfriends, old bands, the present, living a simpler life, making babies and raising chickens out where the buffalo roam, and wondering what the future holds. There's an elegance in the ramshackled, shambling way in which the song wanders around, seemingly aimlessly, but all the time grounded, rooted, in that need to get back to the important things in life, a connection with the world and the people in it. Well, there's a big blind bear who roams this road late at night, they say. You'll see her in the shadows as she walks her lonely way. Through the backyard beehives and woodpiles She goes looking for her long lost children Or at least that's what they say So I sit here at my window where I dream someday she'll pass I see the rhododendrons I planted And I think how time moves so fast like the moonlight and the electric light Projecting paisley patterns on the grass And I look down at the scar on my hand And I remember the first time I got drunk And I think of my best friend back then some people, unfortunately, you only find out about after they have died. So it is with Judy Hensk, who I'd never heard of until I'd read her obituary. Judy Hensk, with her big, bold, bratty voice, was dubbed the Queen of the Beatniks by Jack Nietzsche. She cut her teeth in the folk tradition but she was far from the doe-eyed singer of whimsical ballads that such an entry point implies. She was on the lookout for something different. My music, she said, was not folk or jazz or blues, but something indescribable between all those styles. There are arguments that her style itself influenced as much by the likes of the vaudevillian Sophie Tucker and blues singer Betty Smith, in turn influenced a whole host of singers. From Mama Cass Elliot to Amy Winehouse via Janis Joplin. Away from music, her comedy and her personality is said to have been, in part at least, the inspiration behind the title character in Woody Allen's Annie Hall. And so, by way of an introduction for myself as much as anyone else to the work of Judy Hensk, let's have a listen to a snippet of High Flying Bird. It's fabulous from the get-go. The smooth um-cha-cha-um-cha um duet of the drums and upright bass, the gradual addition of instruments that makes the song build and build and build, and of course, Judy Hensk's warm, vibrato-filled, rich vocals. It's a virtuoso delivery, sneering and snarling one moment and wallowing in the depths of despondency the next. It is absolutely phenomenal. You're going to like this. And there's a high flying bird way up in the sky. And I wonder, does he look down as he flies on by? Oh, he's riding on the air so easy in the sky. 
Lord, look at me here. Oh, I'm rooted like a tree here. I got the sit down, can't cry. Oh, Lord, I'm gonna die. Please. And now the sun comes along. Oh, Lord, it lights up the day. And when he gets tired, he slides on over the way. Oh, it's east to the west, he gets gone every day. But Lord, look at me here. Well, I'm rooted like a tree here. Oh, I got those sit down, can't cry. Oh, Lord, I'm gonna die blue. If you fancy something that is slightly weird but still suitably chilled for you to just completely switch off to, then may I heartily recommend a tune by the name of Sunday Laid Moo by Plone. It opens with some gorgeously ethereal synthetic noises that rise and fall in volume glitchy as they go, before percussive rhythms take to the stage, coupled with brief solos from all manner of different keyboard effects, It wanders and meanders around your brain with no obvious destination in mind. It's quirky, but relaxed. Chilled, but intriguing. It is also absolutely wonderful. festival since the covid pandemic for those of you listening in who are either not residents of medway or dedicated fans of folk music and dancing the sweeps festival is an opportunity for various sides of morris dancers to perform without fear of reproach or reprimand by the local constabulary along rochester high street with nothing short of gay abandon it's so named after the tradition of chimney sweeps parading the streets collecting money to see them through the rest of the year as the warmer days diminish the need for their services. 
Sweeps, though, is not just a chance for Morris dancers to jingle bells and bash sticks at each other. There's also plenty of music to be enjoyed, obviously principally of the folk variety. Back in 2019, the last time we were able to enjoy such musical merriment, Sweeps provided me with my introduction to a rather special Scottish singer-songwriter whom I'm yet to feature on these podcasts by the name of Adam Beattie. It's pretty much inevitable that I'll play something by him one day soon, but not today. For this final section of the present podcast, I'm going to play something by an artist who couldn't possibly have played sweeps on account that he's been dead for the last 23 years. I did, however, come by his album at the festival thanks to a music store run by an excellent soft-spoken chap called Chris Rumsey, who will not only sell you an album, he'll also provide you with something amounting to an encyclopedia entry on the band or artist of your choice. So it was with my choice, Jackson C. Frank, whose self-titled album has been on my to-buy list for quite some time now. Jackson C. Frank's story is a particularly melancholy one, revolving heavily around the traumatic experience he had as an 11-year-old when a fire broke out at his school. In 1995, he told the American folk music magazine Dirty Linen how the brand new school was made out of brick, but it had a wooden annex that was used for music instruction. It was heated by a big furnace. One day during music lessons in the annex, the furnace blew up. I was almost killed on that day. Most of my classmates were killed in that terrible fire. I still am badly scarred because of that accident. I spent seven months in the hospital recovering from the burns experienced during the fire. He had, in fact, suffered more than 50% burns, despite his classmates' best efforts to put out the fire on his back with piles of snow. A few years later, some money came through as compensation for his horrific injuries. Quite a bit of money, $100,000 in fact. He used some of it to catch a boat to England to escape the memories of his past and the discrimination he experienced as a result of his injuries and to buy a new car. He had his eye on a nice new Jaguar. He quickly fell in with a folky crowd, sharing a house with Al Stewart, Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, and his girlfriend for a time, one Sandy Denny, then a nurse whom he persuaded to pursue music full time. While in the UK, he recorded his one and only album, the eponymous Jackson C. Frank, in 1965, produced by Paul Simon. Within a couple of years of the album coming out, things took a bad turn for Jackson C. Frank. His mental health deteriorated. He blamed it on depression resulting from the trauma of the school fire, while others suggested it was schizophrenia. Al Stewart remembered that Frank wrote a new song, Four O'Clock in the Morning, which was very catchy, absolutely right on the ball, and just the sort of thing that would have taken off, but that shortly after, he proceeded to fall apart before our eyes. His style that everybody loved was melancholy, very tuneful things. This new one was in that style, but immediately thereafter he started doing things that were completely impenetrable. They were basically about psychological angst, played at full volume with lots of thrashing. There was one review that said he belonged on a psychiatrist's couch. Then, shortly after that, he hightailed it back to Woodstock again 
because he wasn't getting work. Possibly his best known song is the first one to appear on that lone album of his. It's called Blues Run The Game and it is gorgeous. The whole album is the sparsest of things, just Frank's vocals and his guitar. But what a voice and what a guitar. Gently plucked strings rippling beneath Frank's rich, resonant, haunting vocal. There's a strength in his voice. He's holding his head up high, even in the midst of all the melancholy. But melancholy there definitely is. Catch a boat to England, baby, maybe to Spain. Wherever I have gone, wherever I've been and gone, the blues are all the same. The story goes that Frank wrote this song on board a boat to England, so there's a huge poignancy there that even in his act of escape from the ghosts of his past, he was recognising that he would never be completely free of those demons. Later, there's a verse that seems almost prophetic. Maybe tomorrow, honey, somewhere down the line, I'll wake up older and I'll just stop all my trying. It's a beautiful, beautiful song, torn from the singer's heart and written with ink made from his tears. Write what you know is a familiar adage for creators and artists. There can be little doubt that Jackson C. Frank was doing just that when he wrote this song, documenting his own terror and sadness, locked in a constant battle with his memory of being caught in that school blaze. Back in America, there was a short-lived marriage and his baby boy died of cystic fibrosis. He ended up being committed to a mental institution. He was in and out of various hospitals for much of the rest of his life. Even when he was out of them and things seemed to be picking up, thanks to a fan of his music helping him back on his feet, misfortune was never too far away. Innocently minding his own business sitting on a bench, he was shot in the eye with a pellet gun and lost his sight in his left eye. He died at the age of 56 in March 1999. This then is Blues Run The Game. Catch a boat to England, baby, and maybe to Spain Wherever I have gone Wherever I've been and gone Wherever I have gone The blues are all the same Send out for whiskey, baby Send out for gin me and room service, honey Me and room service, babe Me and room service, well, we're living a life of sin When I'm not drinking, baby, you are on my mind When I'm not sleeping, honey when I ain't sleeping, mama, when I'm not sleeping, you know you'll find me crying. So there you have it, 10 songs in the key of what I've been listening to lately. I hope you enjoyed them. Let me know what you thought of them by responding to the post for this episode over on Instagram. 
I'll be back sooner or later with songs in the key of something or other else soon. In the meantime, have a marvellous few days and nights till we meet again. Come following down Living is a gamble, baby, loving's much the same Wherever I have played Whenever I throw them dice Wherever I have played the blues Have run the game Maybe tomorrow, honey, someplace down the line I'll wake up older, so much older, mama. I'll wake up older, and I'll just stop all my trying.